Folks, if you're looking for clothes, I know a good place you can get a t-shirt. Click on the show notes and follow the link to our Brain Buster T-Store where you can get a Turnbuckle Boogie t-shirt. That way, you'll be dressed from the waist up. It's hoodie season as well. We also have hoodies. Turnbuckle Boogie, hoodies, both a pullover and a zip up. The zip up boys are back. That's right. Let's go. From the waist down. Hey now. You're on your own. Got to figure that shit out for yourself, cousin. Let's boogie! Sorry, I'm still stirring about our pre-recording conversation. I mean, I... I shouldn't bring it up because we haven't... You might as well just restart the conversation. (laughs) Sorry, folks. This is how it works. Cody comes over to my home studio, and he sits down, and we catch up and go, Hey, how's it been? Whatever. How was Thanksgiving? Yada, yada, yada. And, of course, I... uh, Because I'm the Larry David of the bunch, I throw out weird things like, Hey, do you sleep in pajamas? Is that a rich guy thing? Yeah, <laughs> we we established that, you know, whenever you watch a movie and a, it's in like a rich person's house, they wear pajamas when they go to bed. But us uh, and they're always like the pinstriped ones with right. the little tiny like they're not the tiny, but the gigantic ass buttons. That's right. Yeah, right. Um, And then there's us, the low classers. We go to bed. Common people. Underwear. Yeah, that's the way you do it, right? I mean, it. When I was a kid, I had a pair of pajamas that was gifted to me from my mom's friends that she worked with at the bank. And they were very comfortable, but I would only wear them in the winter. I wouldn't wear them in the summer. I grew up in double wides with no functioning AC. Oh, God. Which is the equivalent living in a fucking baked potato. Right. Uh, Being from the desert. Swamp coolers are the worst. Yeah. So, but something did happen. This turned you on your ear. Something happened within just the period that I've been with my wife, uh, Casey. And I've had, I I can't not wear socks. I have to wear socks in bed. I have to wear socks around the house. Yes. That's the reason why I'm giggling. Because I said, uh. The only thing uh, more weird than wearing pajamas to bed, I find, are people that go to bed butt naked. You said, well, I've done that sometimes. And I admitted, I have too. Mostly post-coitus. It, it, so uh, I've done it like if I do but a you, heavy cardio day, uh-huh. you know, and my body thermal temperature will not cool down. Aren't you worried about leaving uh, racing stripes and semen oh, spritz? Uh, sir, and-, and my friend, uh, there's a wonderful thing that you, it's just butt wipes. Just use fucking butt wipes. Alright. <laughs> That's the best advice that I can give. I, de- I have them in the house. Yeah. They're very useful. Yeah, I'm aware of it. Yeah. I got to give these gay dudes credit for something. I, I hate. I, I they deserve credit for a lot more than that. But uh, <laughs> no, no, just <laughs> but wipes. Yeah, but um, and also I, I let's get personal. Hold on, let's get okay, folks. Welcome to Turnbuckle Boogie. 
I'm pro wrestling historian Timothy Styles. With me is professional wrestler and Las Vegas based trainer Cutthroat Cody Hancock. That's me. We're refreshed. We took a week off for Thanksgiving. Happy and, Turkey Day, y'all. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Happy late Turkey Day and uh, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah. All that stuff's coming up, too. So, uh, anyway, go ahead and get personal. So, um, I always time my showers right after I shit. So, like, in the morning. There's no need to be crass. I will not. I won't shower until I shit. All right. And then, typically... By the time I have another movement for the day is by the time I need to shower after I get back from the gym. I don't know that I actively do that. Yeah. I just have the the timing set up right. Yeah. You end up finding your ebb and flow. But I also, uh, you know, my diet's not as great as yours. Who knows what's going on down there? Oh, man. Uh, I, I successfully made a pizza out of oatmeal. Right. And meanwhile, I'm eating Lay's potato chips. It caused bo- booty leakage. <laughs> now, um, so are you like a flavored Lay's guy? I'm just kidding. I don't eat that shit. They make me sick. Okay. Because I was excited to talk about potato chips. Well, all right. Go ahead then. The jalapeno kettle cooked chips. I don't like them. Doesn't matter what brand. I will eat them. I'm down with kettle cooked chips, but uh, jalapeno. Eh. And I like spicy stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm just not into it. Uh, eventually we'll talk about wrestling. Yes. <laughs> hey, I, w- I want to quickly say something uh, to all the people who listen. You know, uh, this week, um, Spotify does its wrap up for everyone who's a customer. And it tells you what you listen to and all that s- sort of stuff. And if you're a podcaster, like we are, um, it tells you stats and stuff that, uh, which I normally don't pay attention to, but they emailed it to me and I had a look. And uh, we had a great year. I'll, I'll just say that. I didn't print out the stats and put them in front of me or anything. They're pretty cool. Sure. I Shout think- out to the people in Finland that are listening to their <laughs> buckle boogie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, we, you know what? We get listened to in 20 different countries for some reason. Yeah. I mean, th- I, that's number, pretty neat. But number two was Finland. Yeah. <laughs> which I was like, what's up with Finland? I'm down with uh, the Finns. Are they of Norwegian? I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. <clears throat> All we know is that we're thankful for y'all. Yeah, we are thankful for yar. 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 <laughs> yar. I mean, they're descendants of Vikings, right? You don't ever like me using the internet when I'm over. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I think I, 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 I'm not the savviest. When, when, it, it comes when it comes to European history? To turn, when it comes to European history, yes. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I know. There's a great uh, video game out there called Crusader Kings 3. You create uh, like a, a king or a petty king or a, a, a baron or a duchy or whatever you call them. And then you take them through their entire life and then their children's lives and all that sort of stuff. And essentially it's politics. Right, so you have to marry out, marry off your kids when they're infants. Yes, <laughs> it's fucking real. You know, people who are really anti-colonialism. You know, <laughs> hell yeah. Where it, like I'm obviously anti-colonialism today. Yeah, but uh, you know, we did get to where we're at because of it. Uh, but uh, they'd hate this fucking game. Yeah, 
Yeah. Crusader Kings 3, folks. Crusader Kings 3. Where, where you get to live out a, uh, a king's dynasty. And I, it sounds exciting. It's like a real-time strategy type of thing. Yes, <laughs> except for that you're not doing a lot of fighting. You're doing a lot of backstabbery. Can I throw rocks like in Final Fantasy Tactics? You cannot. That... What you can doesn't do meet, doesn't meet my criteria for RTS games. You Sorry, can, you can sleep around with a neighboring uh, baron's wife. Oh, that's fucked up. Right, make a baby with her, and then you have a claim to their throne, and then you expand your empire. It's a smart move. Yeah, that's the old school way of going about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping to put another wing on my house, so I've been eyeballing my neighbor. Yeah. Seems like a good idea. Good prospect. In one generation. Man. I'm going to have that house. Crazy times. <laughs> hey, man, I noticed that, uh, oh, here's something wrestling related. You walked in with a, a WCW NWO revenge shirt. Hell yes. Uh, which, From Stash Pages on Instagram. Check them out. Oh, very cool. I, I remember uh, I didn't have an N64 is what it was on, right? Yes. I didn't have one, but my buddy did. And I would go over and play it, and that game was out at the apex of the NWO's popularity. Yeah. Uh, and arguably, even a little bit before that. So it had a, a neat custom that was kind of new in video games, where you can customize the costumes of the costumes. The, the working gear, brother. Yes. Uh, the gear of the the wrestler. So every week, as a new person would debut or or switch sides to the NWO, you can switch sides for them. Right. I would <laughs> give them NWO clothes in that game. I remember giving Paul White the giant. Yeah. His NWO gear. Yeah. It's what? crazy. Yeah. It was a well. I mean, it was ahead of its time. I think it it was ahead of its time. Now, uh, we can. Uh, I don't know if I want to. We were asked specifically from our friends over at Six Man Tag Podcast to talk about wrestling games, and I was going to work on a project that might put my head through a wall, but we'll what see. What are you talking about? Um, b- because I, we were talking about video games, uh-huh. and like I could go, I could go on for a really long time. I know you can. That, that, that's what I'm saying. So to me, they all blend together. Quite honestly, not at all. That's <clears throat> there. There's so many different wrestling games. And eventually I will tell people my favorite wrestling games of all time, but the, I'm sure you could just rattle them off right now. No, there needs to be, there needs to be research. I, I, I need, I, I'm on a quest, man. Um, legacy, uh, who ran Vegas championship wrestling out here for my wedding, gave me a book of like the history of, every single wrestling game ever made mm. really cool coffee table type book. And I want to go through that book and I want to play those games. Like, Fire pro wrestling world probably makes it high on your list though. Right. The fire pro wrestling world, just the fire pro series in general. Oh, so you would just lump them all I, in together. I would slap them all together. Mm. I don't think that there is a fire pro game that I did not play that. I didn't enjoy with the exception of the avatar based fire pro wrestling Xbox 360 game. I'm currently playing Elden Rings. I don't know about any of this shit. That's okay. That's okay. But a second playthrough, by the way, where I kind of already know everything. Just a just a fun little factoid, just to close this note. Um, I believe one of the very first wrestling games to ever have a creator wrestler feature was a Fire Pro game. But 
in the I'm jab- sure it was almost academic like it was yeah. like bare bones oh it, it it was good enough right you know it it actually was more advanced than the wcw versus nwo revenge one i mean yeah that was yeah. very minimal uh the i remember the first big leap for me the wcw versus nwo world tour though that came out before revenge mm-hmm. the japanese version had a character editor on it too mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt but you were gonna say the first big leap that you saw the, uh, I think it was the original SmackDown game. That yeah. was like the first game where it's like, you can make a dude, you can name him, you can give him his own outfit, you can mm-hmm. choose his moves and his finisher and all this business. Uh, but I do remember there only being like six, diff- six different kinds of outfits to wear. For the first SmackDown, yeah. Right. And so then- it, was like, it was like the guy with the jeans and the tape fists, the guy with the Rob Van Dam singlet. There was like a samurai head in that game. I remember that vividly. (laughs) Right. Right. So, but that was the first one where I was like, oh shit, I can make a dude and fight. Uh, I don't remember if there was like some sort of GM business, but uh, yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. There was a season mode. Um, And that's the thing is, is that I think that wrestling games, there's, I'm discovering that there's a lot of people that have never had the opportunity to actually play proper Japanese wrestling games. Right. Which is in a completely different experience than westernized uh, wrestling games with the exception of WWE 2K 22, which I, I, I picked up, I picked up that uh, over black Friday for the sale on the Xbox series S didn't 23 come out though. No. The, oh, so you got the brand newest. I, one. Well, I got the, the last one they released. So I don't think that they're going to be releasing 2K23 this year. The one with Rey Mysterio on the cover? Yeah, it's 22 is the one with Rey Mysterio so on the cover. So you did get the latest one. Yeah, I got the latest one. And it, I've been having a little bit of fun with that, but I've also, um, I uh, I didn't realize that I could do this with my laptop, but I can put some upgrades in it. So I upgraded the RAM um, in my laptop. So now I can, uh, emulate Xbox 360 games. Mm-hmm. And don't been, you have an Xbox 360? I do, but I don't have a way to play Japanese games. I see. And I started playing wrestle kingdom, um, which is, it, it, it's such a shame that this game was released on the Xbox 360, because I can honestly say if they would have released that game, for the PlayStation 3 instead of the 360, I think that there would be a massive continuation with games in that series. Mm. Wrestle Kingdom had two games. The first one was released on the 360, and then for some reason it was pulled. And then they ended up releasing Wrestle Kingdom 2 on the PlayStation 2. And then they ended up re-releasing the first Wrestle Kingdom for the PlayStation 2. And the sales for the PlayStation 2 version of the game blew away the 360 version because apparently in Japan, people did not care about the Xbox 360. And the game engine is great. It's fantastic. It plays wonderful. It looks killer. Mm -hmm. It checks a lot of high marks, you know, like it's got a pretty okay creator wrestler. Um, It has a story mode that uh, thankfully to Google Translate I've been able to play. But man, it's it's wild that this game series, which could have been the Japanese version of the SmackDown series, was made by the same developers and made by Ukes. Right. Just it died basically on this system. Well, so here's the big question. 
I'm sure you've seen the trailers for AEW Fight Forever. Yes. And what are your early thoughts? Um, My early thoughts are is I'm more than positive it's going to be a really good gameplay experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I have confidence in that. Um, It's I see the Ukes animations. I see some animations that are akin to the older era of wrestling games. Um, I feel like everyone's using the word. Oh, it's going to be like no mercy. No, it's going to be more like here comes the pain Mm -hmm. than no mercy. I think that everyone just remembers no mercy so fondly that that's like the nostalgia hook that they're getting in people's cheeks to get them to drag along. Um, I think it's going to be good. I my only gripe with the game is the character models. Ah. I do not necessarily care for the direction of the <laughs> over. And it's it's not large to the point of like big heads in Chris Jericho looks like a fucking barrel with limbs. They remind it. They reminds me of the character models from WWE all stars. Yeah, I remember having that. It with that or it's it was just, they were cartoonish and it it was just it's not to the AEW game is not to the degree of what All Stars looks like right but I for myself would have just much rather had some realistic looking graphics with some really solid gameplay but instead I think that we're gonna have some solid gameplay graphics may not be the best but. For me, the thing that I find very interesting, and it's something that's actually concerning deeply that I don't hear a lot of people talking about, is the fact that it has mini games. Right. And to me, this is catch the the fucking AEW poker chip and all this shit. I I don't know if I like that. Of course not. I, and, it's stupid. And I think that it's something that. Oh man, I don't know. It's still early. Maybe it'll hit the cutting room floor. I don't think it will. I think that they're they might be having to put it in there because maybe they're having a hard time loading content in it uh, the way that they thought that they were. It's very obvious they still have not announced an actual release date right for this game, right? And that's generally a good idea. Yeah, and I'm I'm thankful for it. You know, like however, I wonder how long it's actually going to take. Right. You know, I don't think this is going to be quarter one of next year. I think this is most likely going to be probably quarter quarter one of the following year. It it, it possibly could be. And I hope they take that much time with it. But at the same time, you know, every day that passes, we're one year closer to death. And (laughs) (laughs) so I would just like to play this fucking game, please. Well, I saw a tweet after the most recent trailer came out and, uh, (laughs) This tweet said, I got to hand it to uh, AEW fans. They are so diehard. They'll pretend this looks good. Right. <laughs> and I go. had to admit, I was like, yeah, this does look kind of fucking shitty. Yeah. Whatever. Gameplay wise, like I said, I can see the core fundamentals of the gameplay, but stylistic wise, it just seems like a an odd choice. Yeah. Everyone knows the best in wrestling is right at the gardens in Cincinnati. Saturday, April the 5th at 8.30, another super spectacular card of the NWA returns. All you fans in Cincinnati, let's bring in 
the U.S. heavyweight champion, Magnum T.A. That's right, and everybody up there knows that the Cincinnati Gardens are on fire. There's so much excitement going on in that building when the NWA wrestling action comes there. It's hard to get in the building. Last time we were there, the illustrious Nikita Nive and Koloff along with Baron Von Rasky weren't looking so good when I had the road warriors in there with me taking care of business. Now, Nikita, it'd be really, really nice if you just put your name on the dotted line. Come after me one-on-one -on -one, United States Heavyweight title. You run your mouth a long, long time. Well, it's time to put up or shut up. And there's a lot of other people out there that need to put up or shut up, too. Because I personally saw that the Rock and Roll Express can deal with the Midnight Express. And on any given occasion, these guys right here, come on in here. My favorite Rock and Roll boys right That's here, right, taking care of business in Cincinnati. You know, Tony, when we all get together, all we do is create stormy weather. Like he told you, Jimmy Cornette, we can deal with your Midnight Express, and we can deal with you, and we're going to do it in our own way. We don't care what it takes, because you made us that way, you, those stinking Russians, and everybody else. So like Magnum T.A. told you right here, brother, we're going to walk right through you, and we're going to walk through everybody else, or anybody that steps in our way, because Rock and Roll and Magnum T.A. are here to stay. Like he said, brother, Cincinnati's on fire. We're looking forward to coming back here, April the 5th. T.A., I know you love it, there. The Rock and Roll, we love it, there. All you nice fans. Jimmy Cornett, you got something that belongs to us. I'm talking about the NWA World Tag Team titles. We all take care of business right there in Cincinnati. Right. You know, a lot of things got to be justified. The World Tag Team Championships need to be back around these men's waist. The American Dream out there looking for one Ric Flair Nature Boy with the World's Heavyweight title. Well, there's a lot of people out there running and hiding, but you can't stay away too long. It can all come down right there in the gardens. That's the place where it's happening. That's where it's on fire. That's where the NWA is at its best. Rock and roll, Magnum T8, American Dream. Well, moving on. <clears throat> um, something that you and I both did this week, I believe, or at least in the past couple weeks, we both watched, or maybe it was just me, the Teddy Hart Peacock documentary. <sighs> I forget what it's called, but who gives a shit? I just Dangerous remember the Breed. Dangerous breed. I just remember the tagline. It was like cons something and cats. Yeah. It was an alliteration. Uh, <laughs> did you watch it? I watched it immediately. Of course. The, 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 the second. So I remember seeing it and going, I don't care about this. And then I remember you, uh, either you or James Mattern text us in our little group chat saying, Wow, I watched this and boo. Yeah. It <laughs> and would, then the other person was like, I watched it too. And then boo. Uh, yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll watch this stupid shit. And I watched it in one evening, all three hours or whatever it was. Yeah. Man. So I have stories with Teddy. Sure. I imagine everyone who's ever met him has a story. Right. I, I have watched Mr. Money before. That's one of his cats. Yep. And it, it was at CAC. And Cauliflower Alley convention that's normally held here in Las Vegas. Right. And he had to do an interview. And because I had met him before and he had offered me to live in his house, I had his phone number. And like I, I was not going to take him up on the offer. So you passed the, he didn't pass the smell test for you. He threw it out there and you went, yeah, I'm good. I I ended up meeting him before I was in the industry, and I partied with him. Mm -hmm. And in the uh, a couple other people that I'm not going to name, uh, because they it doesn't really matter. Um, 
and I got an idea and he was overly polite to me and he was yeah you know you can just come down like and just live at my house in Canada and then every now and again we'll go on tour to Mexico right. you know and uh Jack Evans was also there and he's like yeah man like pretty cool experience and stuff like that but for me I kind of just got the is Jack Evans still in AEW? I believe no. I think Jack Evans got let go actually. Right. Uh, but Jack uh, is doing well right now. He got in really good shape. Oh, that's good. Um, and Jack was super cool. Was he the? Because he was in a tag team with Serpentico. He, he was in a tag team with Angelico. Angelico. Thank yes. you. And which one was the break dancer? That was Jack. Right. Jack was the break dancer. Got it. So, um something didn't sit right with me right after spending a night with this dude, because the whole entire time was it covered in glitter. <laughs> yes. And I, uh, the way I had approached him is I went to a Lucha Libre, uh, show that was being held at the New Orleans. And I was trying to get information about schools that were happening. And I stuff think I like went to that, that show. That you would not be surprised. So because I had uh, box seats. Yeah. In fact, I brought a buddy of mine who and was it, a lucha libre. He knew he knows more about lucha libre than I do. So Joey Ryan was teaming with uh, Carl Anderson at the time, mm-hmm. and they came out against I believe Los Luchas in a flag match. I remember the flag match specifically happening, but what happens in a flag match? Uh, you just have to run up the pole and grab the flag, and you win. Oh, yeah, there's just one pole and one flag. It was uh, two poles. There was one pole that was Team Mexico, and there was one pole that was Team USA. Interesting concept. Yes, Vince Russo shit. Ah! So, so I, I had Vince Russo did not invent things on a pole. No, he did not. But he sure did like him. Yes, he loved it. <laughs> it was his favorite. What was the thing? Uh, I forget what it was. I know Booker T ended up getting something on a pole and it just falling out of like it was a title in a box or something. Yeah. And when and it, it just when fell he, out of the it, box. It was when he was GI bro, I think. There was which also another, made it worse. And then I feel like there was another one where Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero, uh, couldn't climb up the pole. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to have help from just the ringside technicians. Yep. <laughs> so he's like standing on their shoulders and shit. So that the night that I met Teddy, I approached him mm-hmm. and I'm like, hey, man, like it's kind of a shame because I wanted to see you wrestle at Combat Zone Wrestling's Best of the Best Four. And then from that second on, he is like, oh, you know, like Zandig kind of like. Made a lot of people turn on me in Philly, man. And I'm, you know, like I'm on the comeback trail right now. And like, you seem like a cool dude, man. Why don't you just hang out like with us tonight? And the entire night after that, he was so desperate to like prove that he wasn't a bad guy. Mm. Right. And he was like, you know, like, this is what I do for people. You know, like uh, I, I yeah, just, one of them, I just bought everyone a shot, man. Like, you know, we're hanging out and he's like, and as the night goes on, he is like, I actually really like you, kid. Like, he is like, you got a, a lot of potential and all this other stuff. Right. And he is like, I'll tell you what. Did you look like you have $2,000? <laughs> brother, it, it, he, it, 
the only thing we didn't talk about was money. Uh, we didn't talk about money, but he gave me his phone number and he is like, I need you to call me on Tuesday. Right. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to call you on Tuesday. And for the longest time, I just had Teddy Hart's contact. And then it wasn't long after that, that I was in the industry. Maybe a year later, year or two later, that's when I saw him again. And he had come up to me at the Cauliflower Alley convention with Mr. Money and some other person. He's like, hey, I'm about to be interviewed. And for some reason, like he saw me and he's like, I remember you. And I'm like, yeah, man, like I hung out with you at the Orleans and I thought he was just bullshitting me for a second. Mm -hmm. But he he did. He he remembered who I was. And he's like, oh, yeah, watch my cat. And it was with me and another wrestler. And when he turned around to leave the room, Mm -hmm. I swear to God, this cat shut off like it. It was sitting on a table. And then it just slowly closed its eyes and laid down and didn't move for 20 fucking minutes until he came back Mm. and he came back and grabbed it by the scuff and made it do a flip. Of course. And, and it was just one of those things. It's like he did a few FSW shows Uh and he remembered me then. And it was like, Oh yeah, it's good to see you again, man. And I started kind of having like a serious conversation with him because it was always the same thing with Teddy. It was always this show of like, Oh, I'm such a good dude. I'm such a good dude. I'm such a good dude. Right. And he had opened up to it's me weird. How really bad dudes. Uh, <sighs> that's part of their spiel. Holy shit, man. He, he opened up to me about being assaulted when he was a kid uh-huh. oh, and boy. he got hit in the head with a baseball bat. Ugh. And you can actually see, especially in the last episode of the documentary, he has a bulbous knot that just won't go anywhere Right from being hit in the back of the head with aluminum baseball bat. Jesus. And it, it made me wonder before the documentary came out. I'm like, maybe that's why, you know, maybe it's like he suffered some horrendous brain damage. Yeah. You know, and then maybe that's what made him fucking defective. And and I felt bad at, at first. That's happened to a lot of people. A lot of great comedians suffered some sort of head trauma. And uh, they were crazy after that. They were more successful, but they were crazy. Yeah. You know, who, who, who do you know of? Roseanne Barr. Roseanne Barr suffered a head injury and oh, became a bitch. I'm just <laughs> fucking hit by a car. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Kinison. Sam Kinison, I heard about him just possibly being abused as a child. I haven't heard anything about that. It might be true, but yeah, uh, yeah he suffered some sort of uh, some sort of traumatic thing and was different after that. Apparently, it's it's a shame. It's it's an absolute well, shame. Well, no, but this is before they became the people that we know. Yes. So and, there's something to it, you know, maybe it makes you lose your inhibition or something or your, uh, you know, whatever filters that keep normal people away from uh, taking chances yeah. or whatever. But uh, and who knows? The, the last time I saw Teddy, um, he did an FSW show with us and he fooled me because I thought he did turn around because there was something that happened in the match 
And I'm like, oh, shit. You were wrestling? I wasn't wrestling him. I was just in the back. I was wrestling on the same show as him. Right. And he was in a three-way match with, once again, people I'm not going to name. And we have talked about this story on the show before. And I've mentioned passingly that I've known a wrestler that lied about an injury. Oh, right. And faked an injury. Right. And it it was in that match with Teddy. And... I'm like, okay, well, let's see what happens, you know, when we get in the back. And I talked to Teddy. I'm like, yo, man, like, you you feel weird about that? And he's like, yeah, like, that dude's lying. Mm. And he's like, he's not hurt. I know that he's not hurt. And then, like, I was, like, really paying attention to how Teddy was going to react. And then he just walked up to Joe DeFalco, the promoter. He's like, yeah, man, you know, like this kid's lying about this, you know, but I don't want to make a big deal about it. But, and he he handled like a total pro, Mm. you know? And I'm like, okay, well maybe, maybe just maybe this person that remembers me when he shouldn't, you know, like he shouldn't remember me at all. Like we've, we've never had anything substantial other than a night of hanging out. That's, you know, to some people that's everything. Maybe it was to him. And and he was always kind to me. Right. And I wanted All to. All right, we get it. He's, yeah. your, he's your best friend no, and your hero. And no, I, uh, I, he's I, never done anything wrong. I wanted to root. <laughs> I, I the, the, After that day, I wanted to root for him really fucking bad. Right. I really did. After watching that shit, there ain't no fucking way. You can't do it. Well, there is something, not that I'm standing up for him, but there is something to be said about uh, documentaries, much like print media and other various things. You yeah. know, you film things over the course of several years and then you splice it together in a way that you uh, can, if you're a good editor, Yeah, uh, using the right footage and the right musical stings right. And, and, and background music. These are subtle things that most people don't even notice, but uh, you can make a fucking hero ter- that look like Darth Vader and vice versa. If you're really good at it. However, yeah, it doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I, I think that there's only so much that can, uh, can that can go for. Mm-hmm. So for instance, you, uh, you mentioned that in, Casey has been watching MTV True Life uh, recently. Isn't it? That's the show from when I was a teenager. Yes. And she's Is it still on the air. Yeah. They re-released it on Hulu. Oh, yeah. Really? And, so all the old episodes. Yeah. And it's just all the old episodes. And we've been going back and watching them. Oh, okay. And just because they're, they're nice little quick documentary pieces. Right. You know, like some. I want to be a wrestler. Yes. Stuff. Some you can tell are complete bullshit. Oh, really? Yeah, but some um, you can tell are pretty. There was one where, like, this girl's like, I'm embarrassed of my parents because they're clowns. Ah. And you could just tell it was like reality show horseshit. Re- really hammed up. Right. They were really clowns. I believe it. Yeah. But the scenarios were, I can't believe my parents are doing this. And it's like, Yes, you can, because your entire house is decorated with fucking clown shit. And you grew up with it. Yeah. And you also are dating somebody that is a juggalo. So you you get what I'm saying? Like there was just but there was one about uh, anger management Mm -hmm. and they followed three different people with anger management problems. And there was this one guy 
and his name was uh like Joey Knockout, I think. And he was like a personal trainer and he goes into his work and they ended up having to like tell him like, yo man, like you missed a client, you know, like were you late for this training session? And yeah, I was late for this training session, you know, but last time she was late, whatever it was, I'm making that part up. But all I know is that this dude blows up and like, he basically gets fired from his job on air. He throws his fucking uniform at his boss while like you're losing the best part of this place and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, dude, like I got to see what happened to this guy. Okay. He apparently his mom talked him into going to therapy and he never went. And I looked him up and he's a pro wrestler in fucking Florida. That makes sense. Yeah. The, the facts check out. Yes. And he, um, he does these like, 12 minute long tirades on YouTube okay. uh, where he's shooting All right. and it sucks because like the dude's like a decent wrestler, but you can tell that he's extremely problematic as a human. Right. And he mentioned the MTV thing and it is like, Oh, you know, well with editing and stuff like that. Yeah. Sometimes editing does help, but sometimes you do get caught, man. Like the Teddy Hart thing that solidified it for me mm-hmm. was the footage, the home video footage of him and his ex when he's talking about like, oh, I'm just trying to be the only decent guy in the world that hasn't raped or hit his woman, right. you know? And then when he has her on camera doing basically the non-disclosure, I'm saying that Teddy did not rape me. He recorded that. Right. And one can only assume it was after raping her. Like, mm. that's fucking insane. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. And there's, you don't need to add music on to that. Like, you, <laughs> you, they, 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 there's, and I, like, I, I will say, like, I. Oh, I wasn't sticking up for him. Yeah. I was just, I was pointing out. Oh, man, that, it was so that, rough. That there's a lot of uh, documentaries out there where if you really strip away all the stuff and look at the facts. Sometimes they're not as bad as they're made out to be because oftentimes if you film somebody, um, there's really not a lot to talk about. Right. For, you know, even if it's like for fucking years. Yeah. (laughs) Because people are actually normally, not Teddy Hart's case, but they're normally pretty boring. Yeah. They wake up and they have a cup of coffee and they drop a deuce. They put on their clothes, they go to work and they come home and jack off and go to bed that's That's pretty much it you know like that does not make for entertaining television but if one time in seven years they uh fucking act like a fool that part will be stretched for an hour and a half oh absolutely with wild music and all kinds of shit and, and interviews going man he was so nice but whoa yep you know so yeah that's uh documentaries but uh, yeah teddy hart not looking good it doesn't help that <laughs> the problem is is that teddy hart didn't look good at the start of the documentary and he looks worse at the end of it oh yeah and i think it makes fucking uh, independent wrestling look bad too yes uh it, it just is uh, just everything about the dude it's like all right we get it you like weed fucking uh, <laughs> is there a reason to I, walk around I, with my, no shirt and giant baggy fucking gimmick clothes on my my favorite part was when he they took all my posters and like just the idea of like i lost my post 
<laughs> I lost my posters. Like it's it it was wild and <clears throat> it's it's wild shit, man. It's wild. Yeah. Maybe the good news coming out of it is he's not recognizable enough for anyone to give a shit, and hopefully, maybe it won't be watched that much. So uh, maybe independent wrestling won't take much of a hit. <laughs> no, unfortunately, man. Like that 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 thing. I think that that thing's gonna. It's not gonna strike as big as fucking Tiger King, right? But that's the wrestling equivalent of Tiger King. Yep. Like they, people are gonna watch that. Yeah, you think so? Oh yeah. This is what the world has been waiting for. This is your big chance. From the volunteers, Bates of Tennessee, weighing in at 432 pounds, Sam Rock and Roll Express. Ricky Morton rocks the charge with his new hit single, Boogie Woogie Dental. I'm standing up in the rock and roll street. Got a rock and roll band, got the Boogie Woogie beat. Robert and Ricky have been rocking the wrestling world. Now you can join their official fan club. As a member, you'll get a life-size poster of Ricky and Robert, four newsletters during the year, your official membership card, and you'll get a copy of Ricky Morton's new hit single. Send 1995 to Rock and Roll Express Fan Club. P.O. Box 11390, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28220. Certified checks and money orders accepted only. Remember, Ricky Morton's new hit single is available only to fan club members. It's not available in stores. Well, um, today's episode, it's almost go the whole episode without talking about uh, Ricky Morton. Yes. uh, One half of the Rock and Roll Express. Hell yeah. The one of, well, it's tough. I guess if you were making the greatest tag teams of all time, they got to at least make it in the top five, even if your personal one. Yeah. If If it doesn't make it in your personal top five, I'd question you as a fan. Not you personally, right. just in general, because uh, they were up there. Uh, they're still fucking wrestling today, uh, or at least Ricky. R- is. R- Ricky absolutely is. Ricky's busting out Canadian destroyers, man. It's like, ridiculous. Oh, I fucking love that man. I <sighs> what a fucking what a brilliant person. Is he brilliant? Oh fuck yeah, he is. I'm sure I- he's smart enough to know uh-huh. that even if you think that it's stupid, right, it might not be worth arguing about. And fuck it, I'll do a fucking front flip fucking pile driver. Sure. And like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I personally feel that we've talked about it before. How old is he? Old enough to not be doing it. Well, yeah. he's If he's not 70, he's got to be close. He, he looks 80. Well, yeah, he, <laughs> he, I think that he might be in his 60s. But, I believe that. But he, the one thing when it comes to Ricky and Robert is that I feel like they really kind of paved the way for teams such as the Hardy boys and the young bucks, because the style of wrestling that they were doing is really not that much different with the exception of the level of athleticism. Sure. Now they were, jumping and turning off the top ropes. They just weren't landing on their feet. Right. They were landing with the cross body blocks. They had the double drop kick. They, they became a, uh, a model that people ended up uh, ripping off yeah. from the rockers and, and, and so on and so on. Yeah. You know, much like uh, 
the Road Warriors became a model that people ripped off. Forever. LOD. Right. Yep. Not LOD. I'm sorry. Demolition. My apologies. LOD is the fucking Road Warriors. Right. Demolition, Barbarian, and uh, oh, what's the other guy's name? Faces of Fear. Ming. Ming and Barbarian, I know, was one. No. You bar- were thinking before that. I don't know. There's, I mean, there's a whole slew of these guys. Yeah. Of just giant jacked up guys who don't sell. Yes. And come out, uh, you know, oftentimes with aggressive looking gear on. Yeah. And beat the shit out of two poor bastards. Yep. The <laughs> glory days when the only thing that you had to do to get extra work was get a pair of wrestling boots and a rolly bag and show up behind. Right. Whatever venue uh, WWE was working in that day. Right. But the Rock and Roll Express were the other side of that. Oh, absolutely. I would say that it's a shame that the Midnight Express, that model wasn't more modeled after. I think that it was. It's just the opposite side of the playbook, right? Because that that playbook isn't exclusive to the Express. I mean, I really can only name like a couple of teams. Right. Like FTR and the Brain Busters. Heavenly Bodies. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. And, but that. Heavenly Bodies were strange because they dress like Chippendales guys, right? I don't necessarily. I just remember the tights with the comets on them. I feel like I remember they wore bow ties, no shirts. Am I getting that wrong? <laughs> I can't remember. But I'll, uh, but that I feel like just. When you when you talk about it, it's that style of fucking Matt technicians. I, I wouldn't say Matt technicians, man. I <clears throat> and Matt technicians who basically two Ric Flairs. Yeah, two Ric Flairs who uh, can grapple, but will end up being chicken shits when they when they get yes. uh, when they get stuck in a bad position. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. If we're talking about the heavenly bodies, yes. Oh no, I was talking Absolutely. about uh, the midnight. Uh, Express for me, the Midnight Express man, they, those guys were spot boys, of course, they were. Yeah, though, those guys they were very technically sound and stuff like that. But when you look at high spots in wrestling, mm. those guys were hitting high spots and they were hitting high spots that had just as many um transitions of sequences in them as what is being used today. Like you said, they've they kind of set the blueprint up, but. It's oh well. Uh, let me comment. I believe more modern things have lost the plot a little bit. Modern, they have. I believe. Oh, yeah. I believe Ricky and Bobby. Yes, and now I don't d- always believe. Like right now, AEW is in the middle of a best of seven trios series with the Elite versus surprise, surprise, the Lucha Bro- or uh, Death Triangle. Yeah. The only people they ever wrestle. <laughs> right. Which for me, I think best of seven series. It's a bit much. They, they build themselves over time. Mm-hmm. You end up booking the rematch and the rematch was so good. And then you have to have the rubber match and the rubber match is so good. And then you eventually have to <clears throat> find a way to cap it off. Booker T and Chris Benoit, if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, but from my recollection, that did not start booked as a best of seven. Right. It ended up just turning into a best of seven because they're like, we can't believe how good this match was. That's something right. that you should let happen organically. I I agree. Uh, man, sometimes 
Tony Khan is a not sometimes a lot of times Tony Khan is a real head scratcher. Well, I I can see the idea of wanting to have this trios title, and you want it make it mean something and stuff like that. But yes, but maybe realistically, you should, maybe you how, shouldn't have the only two trios wrestle each other seven times in a row on television. Yeah. And that's but and the one thing I will say is is that I know that they're going to be pulling off incredible matches and they're going to do shit that they didn't do in the match before. And if they do, it's going to be a callback to it. I, I know that. Sure. But like, I, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know, man. Hey, hey, look, somebody over at AEW, give this poor kid a job. He deserves to be there. Yeah. I'll man. be the critical one. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, look, I'll say uh, if this shit goes seven matches, I don't see it going well by number seven. <laughs> right. Well, we'll <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. say the crowd's going to be like, yeah, yeah, we've seen this for over a month. Well, I don't think that the crowd's going to say that because the crowd's going to eat it up because that's what they want to see. You know, like look, the the amount of the elite sympathizers, like the crowds are chanting Foxy and Punk. Like we are in a very, very strange time period. Like. AEW does cater to their audience. Their audience wants to see Death Triangle versus the Elite. Sure. They absolutely do. Yeah, but you know what's crazy? I'm not trying to take the piss out of them for this. Right. It's fine. It's crazy that I can't really name matches that they've had with other groups. Right. You know what I mean? It's this the same group is having this a similar match spread out over time, but now that they're back, they're going to do it again seven times in a row and it's like uh, i've i've seen it right i get it well ultimately another big issue is is that now you have to think about making other trios teams and if you think about having other trios teams you also have to have a much larger roster you know like who who's available you have the jericho appreciation society you have the dark order mm-hmm. um you had the one off of uh Alistair black's group House of, House of Black, you know, and then so you have a couple of these groups, but at the same time, Alistair Black is not around, you know, from what I understand. They, I think he made his return. It, maybe he did. Uh, good for him. Uh, but you. I I don't know, man. Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I was once having a uh, 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 conversation with the bass player, of the killers, Mark Sturmer. Oh, yeah. He's a friend of mine, or was. A little band called The Killers. Yeah. And it was like, you know, after their first album, they'd become big successes or whatever. And I just remember seeing them and I, you know, came over to shout them out and say, what's up or whatever. And he just had this gaunt look on his face, which he always does. And I said, music, huh? He goes, yeah. I go, it's pretty fucking stupid. He goes, yep. Yep. Hell yeah. Because to him, all he does is fucking play music for a living. You know, I remember uh, I used to hang out at this frame shop with some members of a band I was in. And he came in. We all knew each other. So he came in and uh, he wanted to have all the pictures of him and the band taken off of all their platinum records. (laughs) Like he wanted the (gasps) platinum records reframed without pictures of him because he wanted the the record as a, a, a memento. He doesn't need to look at himself. He does not need a bunch of fucking paraphernalia in his house because it makes him sick. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, wrestling. Yeah. That's, uh, I get it. I And I, I, I think that I finally, 
I think I've finally gotten to that point because like we talked about the oversaturation and just the Vegas market alone. Right. And it's impossible for me to make it to all these shows. Yeah. Like it's just, um, unless I was being paid to be there, like it's, it's a very different thing. And I hey, want to be, supportive. I really think that more, more wrestlers should, um, be like comedians or sorry. Uh, Oh, not Terrence stamp, Dennis stamp. Yeah. I'm not booked, brother. Come yeah. on. Come on down and hang out. Nah, I'm not booked. Yeah. I'm a fucking... This is what I do for work. And and I also... I, I, I will go to support, though. Sure. Like, I, I, I love supporting. It's no problem. But, like, there's shows that are running on weekdays now. Right. And, like, any time that I've seen shows start running on weekdays, man, I was approached to do a show... Um, in January and they're like, yeah, it's on a Thursday. And it's like, yeah, that's normally a day that I train people. Um, but I'm also like going to be in Tennessee. So like, that's another thing is that I'm got myself a one way ticket, uh, down to Tennessee in January, the towards the last week of January, I'm going to go hang out with the Mason Dixon line. You have a one way ticket. It's one way. Yeah. Are you saying you're. Never returning. No, I'm gonna return, but it's just a one-way ticket. Right. I have no, I have no return date scheduled as of yet. Oh boy. Um, yeah, flights are cheap that way, man. They're cheap if you get round trips. I, I, I've learned the value of separating flights from Devin Dixon. Oh, is that right? Oh yeah, you can save a lot of money. Hmm. A lot of money. Not to mention that. So vagrants. Yeah. Are able to to exist with a, a lighter wallet. Yeah. I see. It's easy. It's super easy. Sure. So I'm going to go out there and it, there's um, a few shows that are running that weekend. And I'm just going to put myself out there and just be like, hey, guys, I'm here. And then I'm going to uh, keep a small bag of items out there. Mm-hmm. So I can just catch cheap flights and then I'll have wrestling gear already in Tennessee ready to go. There you go. Yeah. So you, your your boys needing to expand. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. In a big fucking way. Well, no fucking duh. Yeah. I mean, I've been saying that since we met each other. Yeah. Well, now it's nice that there's a bridge that's built, man. So there needs to be more bridges. There does. But unfortunately, the thing is, is that when a build, when a bridge is built, people think that you can help them cross it, too. Mm, like, oh, yeah. It, Everyone it, drag me along. Yeah, it's it's really challenging. You know, like the the industry is kind of ran off of favors. Right. As much as people don't want to admit it, you know. Oh, uh, it's obvious. Yes. Painfully. Um, AEW exists almost exclusively on it for a while. Yeah. You know, it's it's. It's very much like show business in that it's who you know. Yes. All right, fans, right now at ringside, the Rock and Roll Express, Starcade 85, right around the corner, Ricky. And I know that you two fellas, this is something you've been waiting for. You've been working toward it. It's just about here, and I can tell by watching you, you're really peaked. Well, Bob, you know, ever since Robert and myself lost the belts to the Russians, in which we say they stole, we've been waiting for the opportunity to get back in the ring to win these belts. That's right, Thanksgiving night. And the start came together, and brother, it's all gonna happen. Now I can come out here, I can holler, I can scream, I can say what all I'm gonna do. But I know when we step in that ring, it's gonna be gonna be 
one of the most dangerous matches that Robert Arcef had ever attempted and stepped into me. But you know, Robert Arcef had walked through hell to get where we are today, brother. I'm talking about here in the NWA. We did hold those champions. We were the world tag team champions, and I still consider that we are. But it's all gonna come down. It's gonna end once and for all. We're gonna find out if it's USA or if it's USSR. And I believe, and all these nice people out here believe, that it's gonna be USA. So right here together, we are all gonna get together in the gathering, and we're gonna prove that rock and roll is forever, and rock and roll is here to stay, Bob. All right, Robert, it's, as Rick said, Thanksgiving night, Starrcade 85, and it's the Russians. Boy, it's going to be some battle. Like he said, Bob, rock and roll is here to stay. You know, the gathering is going to be one heck of a fight. It's going to be inside a steel cage. It's going to be 2 on 2. Nobody can get out, and nobody can get in. And Don Canuto is going to be in our corner, and Don Canuto will keep his eye out on everybody else, and me and brother are going to take it to the Russians, go out there to Starrcade, and win back the World Tag Team title. You know, Bob, it's another thing that Rock and Rock always do. We never lie to anybody. That's what I do. I never lie. When I get in a match and I say it's going to be a tough match, brother, and I went in that ring, and it was a very tough match. But when I tell all these nice people out here when we step in that ring in Starcade that we're coming to take those belts back and we're coming to fight because it's not going to be a wrestling match, that's exactly what we're going to do. So this is a promise, a promise from the Rock and Roll Express to all you nice people out here that's watching today that when we leave Star K, we're gonna be the new NWA World Tag Team Champions. We don't care what it takes. Well, baby, we'll see you there. Thank you very much. God bless you all, because rock and roll is here to stay. And I, I know a lot of people, knowing people isn't necessarily it. It's how many people are actually going to do what they say they're going to do. Right. And even then, like, you know, there's people that, like, I try to help out and, I can only help them as much as I possibly can, you know, but when it comes to, Oh, can you get me booked? I'm not a booker. Right. If I was a booker, I'd book you right in a fucking heartbeat, <laughs> but I'm not the booker. Like, uh, but the, let's be real. You wouldn't always book that person. I don't, I typically don't fuck around with people. I don't want to talk to anymore. Right. It's this really cool thing. Like I just stopped talking to people. It's really neat. Sure. Yeah. Look who you're talking to. Well, I'm talking to you. <laughs> but <laughs> a guy who has a only a handful of friends in his life. Yeah. And and there's nothing wrong with it, man. But, uh, that's kind of the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's not like if any of these people uh, who I've chummed up with on old social media accounts would stop and say anything to me in person. Yeah. Uh, that's why I didn't have, I don't have social media accounts. Yep. Now we have stuff for the show, but, but, uh, yeah, dude, Ricky Morton. Yes. Let's talk about his selling. Yes. Because the, I mean, really the reason why he's on this list of like, you know, greatest wrestlers of all time is because he was, I mean, it's called the Ricky Morton cell. Yep. He's the m most notorious, well, the greatest seller in history. So when you say the word greatest mm -hmm. seller in history, sure. I feel like you always hear people talk about Ricky Morton and uh, Ricky Steamboat. Mm -hmm. Those are the the two big sellers. Right. The guys that would get people in the yep. audience to cry yeah. and stuff. I, I, I like Morton. Um, I, love, I love Steamboat. Steamboat's great. Yeah. But when I... 
when I go back and watch some of that stuff, it's really hard for me to connect um, because the, the times have changed too much. Yeah, it, it's it's so over the top when you go back and watch it right now. And I mean, like I, I've seen Ricky Steamboat take like back rakes and then like his hands turn into a it. cat. <laughs> and then he becomes a part of the Broadway play Cats. Right. Just for that moment in time. And for me, I'm just like, but I, I, I like Ricky's selling. It was a more, innoc- it was a more innocent time. It, Yes. People were a little bit more, um, uh, we'll say they were, it, it, they were, it was easier for them to suspend their disbelief. Yes. Now the people sitting in the audience, they got the, the fucking beards on their big fat necks. Yes. And uh, they're too smart for their own good. And they've got their arms folded and going, ah, I love this heel and all other obnoxious, stupid shit you wish they would fuck off with. Yeah, man. <laughs> It's a wonder. It's a wonderful thing, <clears throat> and thankful we are for all of them. Right? Uh, yeah. And that. Well, that's the funny thing. It's a give and take relationship, right? We need you, even if the, you're a fucking a stupid pain in the ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, you need us, I guess. Well, I I think that if if anyone's looking for a new day seller, uh, not new day specifically, but a new age type of seller, Ziggler. I think I would put into that hat as being also one of the greatest salesmen in professional wrestling history. Yeah. I think it's more than just how well you can flop. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's real good at the, the, uh, the, there was a while where people were like, this guy's the next Shawn Michaels. And I thought it was based on nothing more than he has blonde hair and he can flop really good. Yeah. So it's not necessarily flopping. If you actually go and there's, a compilation on YouTube Mm -hmm. and they synced it up to where every time he takes an RKO, he sells it differently. Every time, every time he takes a spear, he sells it differently. Every time he sells it differently, every single time, like, and to me that makes it exciting. When I see Dolph Ziggler, it's like, Oh, well fuck. What is he going to do? Right. You know? And when I think of sale, sale, Sailing, selling, mm-hmm. you know, I think of more than just uh, taking the damage, right? So to speak, right? Because if that were the case, I'd say Rob Van Dam was the greatest sa- salesman ever, right? Look at the, how that guy took an RKO, right? He'd completely invert himself and plant himself. Some of the craziest bumps you ever saw, and then you would would have thought like that guy's dead, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, he would definitely be up there, but the the people who can use the theatrics of the body to really get a crowd into it, I think. Uh, now, of course, they existed during that more innocent time, and 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 he, I feel like there is an an emotional connection that some people have. Right. I I have been told that I was a good seller. Mm. I'm. I don't think that I sell that well. <laughs> I because I especially when I get into fucking strong style mode, you right. know, like I'm out the fucking window. But there, there are people that I've been able to do something while I'm getting beat up that makes them feel bad for me, mm-hmm. and it makes them want to see me not get beat up anymore. Right. And I feel like that is something that 
look at how nice of a guy Steamboat was, look at how nice of a guy Morton was, and not putting myself into that category, but not there, even close. There's some people that are you're, they're able to attach themselves without anyone actually realizing. Here's my bid for the worst salesman ever. Hmm. The Undertaker. <laughs> yes. Guy just sits up cold. That's the best sell, though. No, it's not. It's yeah, the man. Worst. You, Nothing affects me. You're not a Michael. <laughs> you're not a Michael Myers fan. Like I, I was not as offended as Undertaker's uh, well-timed sit-up. As I just remember, there was a video of Hawk getting piled, getting like a pile driver from Lex Luger. Sting was also notoriously bad at no selling. Sting would just like fucking take moves, and he still does. But that's that's what makes him cool. I wasn't big on Sting. I got to be honest. That's okay. I'm big on Sting for I sure. I thought it was the poor man's Hulk Hogan. Yeah. You know, in the 80s, obviously, you had WWF. I just like that he had his hair. You like the flat top? The bleached flat top? Oh, yeah. Surfer Sting? Didn't he team have the rat tail, too? Yeah, he teamed with Robocop, dude. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, man. I mean, if you were putting together a, a list of like the greatest tag teams, that would uh, rock and roll for sure. Yeah, who else goes in there? Um, for you personally, I would say rock and roll certainly. Um, FTR certainly. Steiners. God damn, they were rough, weren't they? Oh yeah. I mean, there's not a week that goes by I don't see some clip of them beating the ever living shit. Out of some poor bastard. Bulldogs. From the from the 80s. Yeah, British Bulldogs I had put in there. So. Pre or post Matilda? <laughs> I don't think it mattered to me that much. No. Yeah, it, it, it was still all good for me. It was still a little silly. Yeah. Good grief. Yep. And that's uh, another thing is to just to mention. I love all the old heads that they like. Oh, I heard Jim Cornette say that today's era of wrestling isn't good because it was better back then. Mm -hmm. And I've heard people bitch so much about the young bucks. Oh, they're in the ring too long on their tag spots and shit like that. Right. Watch a rock and roll express match with a stopwatch and shut the fuck up. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's one thing that I'm, I'm tired of hearing it. Yeah. Like it's old. You're just saying it because it sounds good to say. Sure. And you have no actual fucking concept or frame of reference. Or an original thought. Right. And and it's one of those things. Like, it, it blew my mind when I went back and actually watched it. And I'm like, wait a second. Why not just hate them like I hate them? Yeah. Because they're fucking obnoxious. Yeah. Well, and they stink. Yeah. <laughs> what is up, John Lovitz? My goodness, man. Like, that was the critic, right? They stink. That was, <laughs> fuck yeah. That's a deep cut right there, man. But I think that you can hold on to your opinion of what wrestling is mm -hmm. as long as you want. But when you're ready to let go of it and actually understand it is not just what you want it to be. Yeah. You can kind of just enjoy what it's supposed to be. Yeah. You don't have to parrot every person's fucking opinion. There's no right or wrong way. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're in my, I guess that's not right. I think there are right or wrong ways. Yeah. But I don't find them to be completely 
so salacious. Like to me, they're just luchadors who happen to be white. Yeah. You know, so if you've ever watched and enjoyed a luchador match, then shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know, um, but I mean, they do annoy the fuck out of me. They're very obnoxious. Quite honestly, uh, I mean, part of the reason besides Thanksgiving that we ended up taking uh, last week off because I think they returned and they were doing all these sort of uh, digs on the CM Punk and stuff. And th- th- that's you want to uh, look, I want to quick form. I want to yeah. quickly just say this. Yeah. If this is the uh, so it, let's say one of two things is going on. CM Punk comes back in eight months or whatever it is. And what happens after that? Who knows? But that's what that maybe that's happening. I don't know if that's the truth or not. There's been no mentions of it or anything like that. Or the other thing is happening. These guys are just obnoxious fucking dicks. Yeah. Um, not just in front of the camera, but behind it too. Well, and yeah, right. And, <sighs> I have to tell you, if that's the direction that company's going to go, it's going to be very hard to watch and, and fully enjoy it because, you know, when CM Punk came back, I mean, they were showing footage of people in the audience fucking crying. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was a big deal. They were selling fucking crazy amounts of T-shirts and all this shit, and it was a good time. And then things go south. Sometimes things go south. That's just the way it is. Okay. But what you don't do is then piss in the fan, all those people's faces for liking that year period. Right. And that's what I felt like. I felt like these motherfuckers are telling me I'm stupid for enjoying their show for the past year. Right. And it's like, you know what? Fuck you. And I didn't want to watch. Well, their supporters though are going to clap and sick burn and all this other shit and removing my personal opinion outside of it. Right. It's just bad form. Yeah. It, it, the, the entire thing, but unfortunately, well, who started it? You know, like they were, they were all involved in this very, very ugly and bitter and petty childish, childish fucking whatever you want to come up with to say uh, across everyone. And the real person that's going to be the winner here is going to be the person that lets it actually go and walks away like, and just drops it, you know, like just let it, let it die. You know, like it, I don't know. All I know is, is that it's, it it, it was bad form. Right. Wasn't good. I felt like it was a, and look, like I say, uh, uh, I, I was fucking furious because it's like, no, no, no. I like CM Punk. I own CM Punk shirts. You might not like him personally, but because that guy's not going to work there, you're going to fucking clown him as if the last year wasn't fucking great television, didn't have great matches. It's mm-hmm. like, no, fuck you. It pissed me off. However, there's that possibility if it's a work. All right. If it's a work and I'm letting these guys work me, congratulations. You did it. I shouldn't... Uh, get so fucking upset about it but i was upset oh yeah enough to not want to fucking do a show for a week because i don't know if it was last week or some weeks prior whatever it was but you know i if i watch an episode of dynamite before we record and it fucking it like that 
um, makes me not enjoy wrestling and I don't have anything nice to say, then, you know, I won't do the show because I don't want to do a show where it's like, let's fucking take me or you would never do it. But let me try to pretend to like pro wrestling for an hour. Right. (laughs) Right. And they fucking really pissed me off with that shit. Yeah. No, it's it's insulting. Yeah. It's insulting to my intelligence to go, hey, here's this great thing for a year. And now uh, fuck you for liking it. Mm-hmm. Like, no, man, fuck that and fuck you. Yeah. That's the way I felt. Anyway, I don't know how to end the show. <laughs> <laughs>Buckle Boogie is a Diva Looter production and is produced by Timothy Styles and Cody Hancock with web production and music by Timothy Styles. Follow the show on Instagram at Turnbuckle Boogie. And for merchandise, follow the link in the show notes to our Brainbuster Tea Store. See you next Monday.